Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hour two here. Frank Stanfield going to be joined by Matt Modica in a short bit. We had Craig Mish on in the first hour. A lot of fun welcoming him to the network. Again, he will be starting live next week on the radio, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Fantasy Sports Today. Again, make sure you follow Craig on Twitter at Craig Mish. Brings a wealth of experience, radio experience, fantasy baseball experience, real-life baseball experience, all walks of sports wagering, life it's going to be fun to have Craig Mish here on the network. Don't have Matt Modica yet. We're not, we're not going to connect with him yet. I know the guy's downstairs asking. We're going to connect with him a little bit. Uh, I'll let you know when we're going to make that happen. But for now, uh, we do have some uh, little breaking news here when it comes to uh, some prospects in the pipeline here for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's Jose Suarez to make his MLB debut on Sunday. So this weekend... Jose Suarez of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is going to make his debut. And according to MLB.com, they have him as their fifth-ranked prospect in the organization. He is a left-handed pitcher. And looking into the minor league numbers throughout the break, to be quite honest with you, I didn't really know much about this guy. So pulling it up here, looking at it throughout the break, 3.91 ERA in the PCL so far in the minors this year. He made five, five appearances, four starts. 20 strikeouts and 23 innings pitched. But if you look at his entire minor league resume, 351 strikeouts in 326 innings pitched. Now, he also has a 1.31 whip. So I worry a little bit about the walks here for a guy like Andrew Suarez. But if you're playing a deeper league, again, he's going to make his debut on Sunday. Uh, you want to take a stab here. We were talking about some prospects in the first hour. Uh, John Duplantier, who's making his First start of his career tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Genesis Cabrera made his debut the other day, and obviously a lot of hype around Alex Reyes and Mitch Keller, and rightfully so. Those are you know, two of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. We've heard Alex Reyes's name for a long time now. He's had an unfortunate path to the majors, and you know everything that he's gone through so far, all the injuries that he's dealt with, Tommy John, last year he had the lat issue, but he has been stretched out in the minors so far, and I do think it won't be long before he is part of the Cardinals' rotation. So you heard Craig's ranking. He had Mitch Keller ranked first. I would probably flip-flop Alex Reyes and Mitch Keller. I would put Alex Reyes number one on that list. Mitch Keller number two. I like Mitch Keller a lot as well. He was sent down the other day after his start. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see if he joins the rotation once again. Things are kind of up in the air right now with Jordan Lyles. He's dealing with an injury. Obviously, Tyone is dealing with... You know, his injury, he's going to be out probably till the, uh, till the All-Star break at the least, I would imagine. So, Alex Reyes for me, then Mitch Keller, then John Duplantier. And, you know, looking into this kid, Jose Suarez, 
I might rank him ahead of Genesis Cabrera. I do have a little bit of interest here. Uh, prospect out of Venezuela. He's only 21 years old. Uh, worry a little bit about the walks once again, but it's clear that he does have some strikeout upside. So if he's available in your deeper leagues, that's Jose Suarez of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And I think now's a good time to pimp the BFF contest, the fantasy BFF FanDuel contest that we play every Friday night on the main slate. Honestly, I should have brought this up to Craig while he was here. Craig, if you're still listening, send me a text. You play on FanDuel, we'll get your username, we'll get you in the contest as well. 20-person contest, it's for you, the listeners, the watchers. 20-person contest, $2 entry, top three positions play out, uh, and we're, we're going we're gonna to get it going tonight. So if you've played in the contest before, you're already part of it. You just hit the Friends tab on FanDuel. Make sure you set your lineup by about 5, 6 o'clock. If I don't have enough people in the contest, then that's when I'm going to push it out on social media and get a couple more people to join the contest. But I'm going to be in it. Greg's going to still set his lineup, hopefully. I don't know what he's doing right now, but hopefully I can get him to set a lineup as well and everyone else who's been in the contest the past couple weeks. So we are going to run that tonight. If you want to get in on the action for tonight's FanDuel BFF contest, you can send me your username at Roto underscore Frank on Twitter. You can leave a comment on YouTube, and we will get you in the action as well. There are a few other names I wanted to mention real quick while we're talking about some uh, some 12-team ads this week in fantasy baseball. A name that I've been looking at in one of my head-to-head points leagues is Kyle Schwarber. I've never been a huge Kyle Schwarber fan because this is a guy who struggles against lefties, typically struggles against lefties, strikes out a lot, but he also walks a lot. So that helps him in points leagues. At least, you know, in my points leagues, every point league scoring format is going to be different. But I think... You know, one of the most generic that I've seen is you lose half a point for a strikeout. So typically, you don't want guys that strike out too much, but at least if they walk a lot, it mitigates the fact that you're losing points for the strikeouts. But for Kyle Schwarber, 28% strikeout rate this year, 14.6% walk rate. And I mentioned that normally he's really bad against lefties. That isn't the case this year. He's batting 313 against left-handed pitching so far this season. He has... 10 hits in 32 at-bats, and he has two of his 10 home runs against lefties as well. The guy's hitting just 203 against right-handed pitching. Now, these things will normalize a little bit. I'm sure he's not going to continue to hit 313 against left-handed pitchers uh, for the remainder of the season, but you know that's going to come down a little bit. But he's also going to get better against righties. So you know, the overall numbers right now for Kyle Schwarber don't look great. But I'm looking at where he's hitting in the lineup, right? So recently, over the past two weeks, he's let off for the Chicago Cubs every game. And you want to talk about cheap exposure? We spoke about Scott Kingery. Uh, It's been a real theme this week that you can pick up some players that are in really good lineups, really good ballparks, and you can get cheap exposure to said lineups. Kyle Schwarber, over the past two weeks, has let off for the Cubs in every single game. On the season, he's batting 224, 10 homers, 21 RBIs, but the OBP is 337. If he gets the batting average up to 250, 260, then you're looking at a, you know, a 370, 375 OBP out of Kyle Schwarber leading off for the Chicago Cubs. So he's gonna, we know he's gonna give you pop. And if he's leading off and walking a lot, he's also gonna score a lot of runs. So hurts the batting average a little bit, but he gives you a little bit of pop. And I think he's gonna score a lot of runs as well as long as he continues to lead off for the Chicago Cubs. And looking at some of the batted ball numbers for him, 40.5% hard hit rate for Kyle Schwarber, 
40% fly ball rate. So he's a member of the 40-40 club. We know that he hits the ball in the air. He hits the ball hard. I think the wind starts to blow out in Wrigley. The weather starts to heat up a little bit in Chicago. I think Kyle Schwarber is an interesting name right now. Again, not normally on Kyle Schwarber, but I think he's doing some interesting things, and the fact that he is leading off at least has my interest. Greg's not here today, but I still have to give a shout-out to Greg because Malik Smith, my man, Malik Smith, we've been talking about him all week. Obviously, the game that he put together earlier on in the week where he stole four bases in one game. The guy stole second, third, and then home. It was awesome to watch. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch Malik Smith steal second, third, and steal home all in the same inning. And he also stole another base earlier on in that game. He had four stolen bases. Also stole another base either last night or the night before, and he's up to 14 steals. And the hits are starting to come as well. I said this about Malik Smith, guys. 272 Babbitt. He's a 340 career Babbitt guy. He's also a career 266 hitter. He's hitting 197 right now. He's better than what we've seen. And the stolen bases are starting to come. Remember, this guy was down in the minor leagues for two weeks, and he still has 14 stolen bases. We're about a third of the way through the season. He's on pace for over 40 stolen bases, and he missed two weeks of the season. So, shout out to Greggy. I don't think Greg's listening right now, but I'll clip this out. I'll send it to him as well and remind him that we need to... There you go. There's Greg Sussman. That we need to put a little bit more respect on Malik Smith's name. Again, Matt Modica going to join us coming up in the next segment, guys. So during the next break, we'll get Matt Modica on Skype, and we'll touch on some of the two-star pitchers. We know that Matt does a lot of work for the Athletic when it comes to two-star pitchers. He dives really deep into that. Uh, to be honest, I don't think this is a great week for two-star pitchers, but we'll pick his brain on that, get his thoughts on some of these deeper league ads as well, uh, not only for, the, for you guys, but for me. Because, you know, Matt Modica and myself, we play in the NFBC main event together, and... I want to pick his brain a little bit. I want to see what Matt Modica is thinking and how much fab he's thinking that we should be spending on some of these guys uh, this week. And a few other names that I'll just throw out there if they're available in your your 12-team leagues. Oscar Mercado, the guy has just been lights out recently. He's been moved up to the two-hole for the Cleveland Indians. They've lowered Jose Ramirez in the order. Carlos Santana continuing to hit well. But part of the reason why Carlos Santana has been able to drive in so many runs recently has been Oscar Mercado. He's getting a lot of hits. The stolen base upside is there. He has two stolen bases. I think we're going to see more stolen bases come as the season goes along and he gets more comfortable at the major league level and he gets more acclimated to the team. But you can't argue that he's in a good spot right now. He's batting second for the Cleveland Indians behind Francisco Lindor, ahead of Carlos Santana, ahead of Jose Ramirez as well. So he hits in a really, really good spot in the order and he's performing well thus far. He has an interesting power-speed combination Obviously, we talk a lot about the speed when it comes to Mercado, but let's not forget, he all, he's not a zero in the homer department. Spoke about Miles Straw in the first hour with Craig Mish. Miles Straw, zero in the home run department. Four home runs in his minor league career. Oscar Mercado, not a zero in the home run department. Actually, a guy who can pop a little bit and obviously has speed, and he's hitting for good batting average right now. So we mentioned him weeks ago when all the prospects came up. We didn't know if he was going to play every day. Uh, but if you picked him up, you should feel good about Mercado or if he's still out there in your 10-team, your 12-team leagues because I'm not sure that he's out there in anything deeper than that. Make sure you get Oscar Mercado on your team. Brian Reynolds, I don't know what's going on when it comes to Ventura picking these Pittsburgh Pirates that he loves, but 
Shout out to Venture, man. He loved Josh Bell coming into the year. He mentioned earlier on in the week that he really likes Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is doing some really nice things, man. And I, I think the outfield of the future, the present and the future, frankly, for the Pittsburgh Pirates is Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, and Brian Reynolds. This guy has been a godsend for the team. He's hitting 339 with five homers, 17 ribbies. And the batting average, while it is very high, I'm not sure that I'm going to expect him to hit this well over 300. Can he hit close to 300, around 300? For the rest of the season, you look at the minor league numbers, Is a guy who always made a lot of contact. He has the hit tool. It's for a good batting average. Uh, the pop is coming for him as well. He's got five home runs. He's got 17 ribbies. You worry a little bit about the playing time, especially with a guy like Corey Dickerson, who is on a rehab assignment. He's going to be back at some point. But the underlying numbers for Brian Reynolds, really good. The StatCast numbers, the uh, average exit velocity, very good for him. Makes a lot of hard contact and makes a lot of contact in general, which is a, frankly, it's a breath of fresh air for where baseball is at right now. A lot of strikeouts normally. That's not the case when it comes to Brian Reynolds. Makes a lot of contact, makes a lot of good contact as well. Uh, Hitting in the middle of the order a lot of times. Brian Reynolds, don't have to worry about the splits either. Looked into his minor league numbers, doesn't struggle against lefties. He can hold his own. He is a professional hitter. So hopefully doesn't get, you know, moved out of playing time once we get Corey Dickerson back. Hopefully that doesn't affect Gregory Polanco either. You know, Gregory Polanco's actually been sitting more games than Brian Reynolds has. So I don't know if that's, you know, them being cautious with Polanco because he's coming off the shoulder injury or whatever it might be. Uh, but Brian Reynolds has actually seen more consistent playing time than a guy like Gregory Polanco. And we know Starling Marte is just, he's the guy that's going to be in there uh, every single day. Renato Nunez. Renato Nunez, more of a deeper league ad that I would say for now. He still might be out there in, in you know, some 15-team leagues, but I had a few bids on him in the main event last week. Uh, we had a bid on him in GST. That is a 15-team Roto League that myself, Greg Sussman, and Michael Florio shared together. We picked up Ronaldo, Lupe, uh, Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo Nunez. Ronaldo Nunez, Ronaldo Lopez. I'm getting my names mixed up here. But Ronaldo uh, Nunez, we picked him up as our corner infielder, and the guy's got pop. I mean, look, there's no arguing that. And he is much better against lefties, I realize that. Strikes out a decent bit 26% of the time. But the 40-40 club. 40% hard hit rate, 40% fly ball rate. You look at that for Renato Nunez, 43% hard contact, 47.9% fly ball rate. I would like him to perform better against righties so that we know the playing time is going to be solidified. Again, he's a 294 hitter against lefties so far this season and a 209 hitter against righties, but he does have seven of his 13 home runs against lefties, six of them against righties, so... Uh, he does have pop, but overall better against lefties. It's in a really good ballpark when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles and Camden Yards. So, again, you need some pop. He's not going to help you with the batting average, but he does have 32 RBIs. He'll give you some home runs, give you some ribbies, give you some runs. He'll give you some, some of those counting stats hitting in the middle of the order for the Orioles. I'll be interested to see what they do when Chris Davis works himself back. I saw that he's going for rehab uh, is that going to cut into the playing time for Renato Nunez? I want to know, and, and maybe, you know, I'll talk to Craig and see if I could get a, uh, uh, maybe some uh, Baltimore Orioles beat writer or executive on. I want to know what's going on with Ryan Mountcastle right now because I said about a month ago this time that 
I thought uh, Ryan Mountcastle was going to be one of the next prospects called up, and we've seen a bunch of guys called up before him in his, you know, uh, you know, throughout baseball with Keston Hira and Austin Riley and now Miles Straw, and you see all these names getting called up to major league rosters, and it doesn't really make much sense to me because the Baltimore Orioles, I think they would want to see what they have in Ryan Mountcastle. Now they're going to call him up at some point. I just don't understand why he hasn't been called up yet. You look at what he's doing in the minors this year. 326 batting average, 7 home runs, 33 ribbies. He's their top hitting prospect. Is, you know, is Renato Nunez going to block him from getting up here? Is, uh, you know, Hansel Alberto going to stop him from getting called up? So I think it's going to be sooner rather than later for Ryan Mountcastle. I just wonder why he hasn't been called up yet. You know, maybe it is that Super 2 deadline that uh, Craig was referencing for some of these prospects. You know, we often talk about earlier on in the season for prospects, there is a, there's a cutoff date where teams gain an extra year of control over a player, where, you know, that's in the middle of April, where whatever it might be. But there's also another deadline uh, uh, around June sometime where it also affects service time and the control that a team has over a player. So I would imagine the Orioles are waiting for that when it comes to Ryan Mountcastle. But coming up next... We'll have Matt Modica at CTM Baseball join us on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be right back, guys. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the 8th Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Welcome back, 
back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Frank Stanfield, now joined by my good buddy, Matt Modica of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball. Matty Mo, what's going on, bud? Oh, it's Friday, baby. Happy Friday to all, and, you know, hopefully a great weekend ahead. Hopefully a great weekend. That is exactly right. You know, we talk waiver wire ads on the on the Friday show here. So get everyone ready for their fab bidding. We had Craig Mish on in the first hour. Got to pick his brain a little bit. Welcome him to the network about some of these names. Matt, overall, how do you feel about this weekend in terms of fab? I feel like, you know, we don't really have that headliner from weeks past. We don't have an Austin Riley. We don't have anything too crazy. How are you feeling about waivers right now on a Friday? Well, look, I think it's important every week to be attentive to your team needs. And just because there's not a, you know, high-end prospect that's coming up, there's, you know, valuable names to be had and other pitchers. Like, look, everybody's going to disregard Mitch Keller. I wouldn't do that. He should be getting another start this weekend. Struck out six of the last 11 batters he faced. You know, there's still some other prospects. Lucas Sims looked pretty good. Is he going to stick in this rotation? I don't know. But you know, for me, one of the guys, I, one of the areas I got to look at is like I'll give an example, is on the team I had, the one team I have, Carlos Correa. I'm gonna need a middle infielder, so that is something of need that is heightened for that one specific team. So let's talk about that a little bit. The absence of Carlos Correa, you know, hurting himself getting a massage. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, Matt. But actually, uh, you know, I was talking to Brad Ziegler yesterday, uh, former major leaguer, uh, reliever, obviously, uh, for the Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins. And he said, you know, it's actually not that crazy when you, when you think about, you know, having a uh, 230, 250-pound guy uh, or, or girl, whatever, giving you a massage and laying on you and really, really getting in there that it's not the craziest thing that you can fracture a rib. I just... I still think it's a crazy story because, you know, it's not the first time, Matt. It's like baseball players get hurt in the craziest ways. Blake Snell, earlier this year, getting out of the shower, fractures his toe. Carlos Correa now, fractured rib because he was getting a massage. I mean, maybe we'd, let's, not, let's not do the deep tissue massage here, Carlos Correa, because now the fantasy owners and the Houston Astros, we have to suffer from it. I remember a couple of years ago, Jabba Chamberlain you know, broke his ankle on a trampoline. Matty Moe. What's going on here with all these crazy injuries in baseball? I mean, I don't know. Preferably for me, I'll take the, you know, 120-pound woman versus the 230-pound man giving me the <laughs> massage. But I, who knows? I don't know what kind of a, you know, that's, it, it seems incredibly crazy, though, that you, you crack a rib. Uh, I understand there's, you know, deep tissue massaging and some little pounding and stuff. But I haven't heard too many players cracking ribs on massages, you know, in the last few years, or since I've been following baseball, which is a damn long time. Yeah, I would have to imagine this is one of, if not the first instance of a player cracking their rib because of a massage. But, alas, we have to replace Carlos Correa in our lineups. And, Modica, I asked Craig about Miles Straw in the first hour. I wanted to get your thoughts on him. I don't know that he's going to play every day. It seems like he was splitting time between shortstop and outfield at the minor league level this season. Uh, but they do have some options. The The Astros have some versatility here. They can put Gurriel at third. They can play Alex Bregman at short. They can put Miles Straw in the outfield. Or they could just leave Bregman at third if they don't want to mess with that. Put Miles Straw at shortstop. And we know that this guy has legitimate speed. And he does have a pretty good hit tool. Are you going to be in the bidding for someone like Miles Straw? Uh, 
you know what? I don't know. I I really don't. I don't. Like I said, I'm kind of worried. What kind of play time is he gonna get? I I don't know if he's like you said. Is he there every day? Shortstop. Is he gonna be playing in the outfield? I think they got Fisher there and stuff. And you know, I'd be more apt to put like a couple of dollars, very small bit on Derek Fisher, and see what he can do. You know, uh, in in the short term here. I mean, I guess Addison Russell would be more of a guy I'd want to look at than Miles Straw. And I'm happy you bring him up, Matt, because we spoke about him earlier on in the week, and it's a touchy topic, and I realize that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there are people out there who you don't want to pick up a certain player or draft a player in fantasy football or fantasy baseball because you don't agree with things that they've done in their outside life, if you don't think that they're a good person, I understand that completely. I don't want to come off as insensitive and just say, oh, well, it's fantasy baseball, we care about numbers. Look, if you don't like what the guy has done, I understand it completely. But we are still playing a game here, and everyone's trying to win, Matt. So with that, I'll bring up Addison Russell. You just mentioned him. He's hitting 275. Again, it's it's cheap exposure to a really good Chicago Cubs lineup, and we've seen him have some pop in the past. Remember, 2016, 21 homers, 95 ribbies. The 95 ribbies, I, you know, I think that's a little bit of a fluke. He was batting fifth a lot that year. We're not expecting something like that again. But he is hitting the ball hard so far this year, Matt. And he, he's got a little bit of pop. So how much interest do you have in a guy like Addison Russell? How much are you going to be bidding on him? And, and do you have a problem picking up players who might have done bad things in their real life? Well, here's the thing. Let me, let me address that first about the players that have done bad things. And look, I don't want to pick up these POSs. But if they're in the player pool and I'm playing for money and I'm trying to win... I have to, you know, pick up the best players available. And if the league and their unions are going to allow them to play, you know, then that's not on me, you know. So I got to do it. And in a situation where I don't have Correa and I need a middle infielder, as you mentioned, I can get cheap exposure to a good lineup. And Addison Russell is going to be a consideration for those reasons. I got to take myself out of the other stuff. You know, it's not being insensitive or nothing. I call them a POS. I think there's plenty of other POSs in baseball and football. But, you know, they're playing. So, you know, do you not, you know, do you not take guys that are going to help you and, you know, write some moral thing that, you know, it's not for fantasy sports. It really isn't. And and it's unfortunate that we're in this position. But I'm with you. I think you have to approach Addison Russell. Like I said, this is not a big week on paper, but there's – players that can help you win next week and that's what it's about winning each individual week even in roto will help you win the 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 season-long title and I think that's a good point too because you know I'm dealing with injuries a lot of people are dealing with injuries and in a 15-team league it's hard man like you know I have injuries in the main event to Aaron Judge and D Gordon so you know that's my top power supply and that's my top speed supply and I'm trying to piece it together and I think that's a good point when considering, you know, deeper roto leagues or, you know, deeper category leagues, deeper any type of leagues, you're playing a week-to-week game. If it, if it turns out that you find someone who catches fire and you can ride them out for an entire month or, or you know, thank, uh, hopefully the rest of the season, great. But you have to take stabs at these guys week in and week out. I remember last week, you know, I'm putting in small bids on Keon Broxton. A lot of people are going to say, oh, well, that's gross, man. Yeah, I get it, but, you know, power-speed combination. He hit a home run already this week, Mm -hmm. and he's going to play every day center field for the Baltimore Orioles. So these are the types of guys. You know, I picked up Albert Almora two or three weeks ago, Matt, and I wasn't expecting to get this, but now it looks like 
at least for the short term, maybe, you know, for the next couple of weeks, maybe next month, Albert Almora has turned into a pretty damn good player. So I think a lot of the time, the questions we get are, who do you want rest of season? It doesn't always work that way. You have to look at guys who are playing well now, and they have an opportunity to help contribute to your lineup now, and then if it turns out that, yeah, he's in your lineup for the rest of the season, perfect. That would be great, especially in a 15-team league. But you have to put make stabs at these guys when they're hot, week in and week out. So I think that's a really good point, Matt. Yeah, and, and to just uh, piggyback on that even further, you know, we're at the point after two months, you pretty know where your team is at. You, look, if you're in first place, you didn't win anything. And if you're in the, in the middle of the pack, you still have a, a chance to take first place. It's what have I done for the first two months? Where can I improve? What have my deficiencies been? You need to find that out now. Like, that should have taken place Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you had a little extra time in between your barbecues and the beach and all that. And you, you put together, you've, you've highlighted what needs to be done going forward. Because now it's really about categories. I don't, really, I don't play in any trade leagues, but if I did and when I did, you know, you're getting to the point now. I know everybody likes to say all-star break, but you're at that point now and over the next two weeks where it's time to start saying, look, I got to trade off this for this category. Like say like you mentioned you had an Aaron Judge coming back. So you're going to bank on Dutch coming back. There's somebody else you can trade to fill that need at speed that you lost or something like that, or you need that pitcher. So it's becoming more of a categories rest of season now than that, you know, easy kind of question. Who do you like rest of season? You know, it's team context, league context, all that. I mean, some are simple, but sometimes it's not as simple. Yeah, and this is more so like the philosophy of playing fantasy baseball. We'll get back into some of the players that we're looking at adding for this weekend. But again, I think it's a good point. I told Greg this, that Memorial Day is really where you can, you have enough data. You have two months of data where you can, you can kind of take a step back and you can reflect on everything that's going on. You can reflect on Jose Ramirez and try and figure out what you want to do with him. You can take a look at your team and, and figure out, well, what statistical categories do I need? That's when... That's why when we talk about a lot of these players, we'll say this person can help you in stolen bases and runs. This person can help you in home runs and RBIs because you have to look at your team. It's not just, all right, I need to add this player because he's the top waiver wire ad this week. No, you need to look at, do I need batting average? Do I need homers? Do I need runs? Do I need saves? Do I need strikeouts? And then that's, that's who you need to prioritize when it comes to waiver wire. Of course, we'll always tell you which players we like the most, but that's what you also have to be paying attention to. And you could take it one step further, at, you know, not just Roto Leagues. If it's a head-to-head points league, you can take a step back and look at your team and say, I have a, a, a bunch of outfielders, middle infielders. I need pitching. And there you go. You figure out, okay, well, I, I drafted a, a Lindor and Jorge Polanco, and I, I have a wealth of shortstops. I'll trade one of these guys away and get myself a starting pitcher. So it's not just for Roto. It works out for head-to-head points leagues as well. Matt, I want to dive back into some of the players that might be available in deeper leagues this week. A few names that popped out to me, and I know that you watch the Dodgers closely. You talk about the magical mound, and rightfully so. We see what Hinjin Ryu is doing this year. Uh, It has been awesome. But how about some of these hitters? Specifically, Will Smith, who is one of the top catching prospects in baseball and has actually performed well recently. He He was called up, and he's starting at catcher for the Dodgers while they have their injuries. 
to uh, Austin Barnes and to Russell Martin, and then another name in Will Beatty. Do you have no, not Will Beatty, Matt Beatty? I'm Matt getting my names mixed up here. Matt Beatty and Will Smith. Do you have any interest in either of those guys? Well, Will Smith first up, yeah, absolutely. Look, the catching market is a, is abysmal. The Dodgers, uh, you know, are a powerhouse of a team right now. So you're getting a guy on that offense. So Will Smith, absolutely. Matt Beatty, I didn't really know who the hell he was, to be honest with you. Wasn't somebody I was focusing on. And, you know, I'll take a look. It's more of do I need somebody to fill in right now at that specific position? You know, that's more of a needs-based kind of thing. They seem a little crowded over there. If something was to happen to, say, Justin Turner, and it was more serious, doesn't sound like that was a serious injury. So. Uh, BD, not really, but Will Smith, yes. Yeah, Will Smith, again, one of the top-catching prospects in baseball. He's the fifth-ranked prospect, according to MLB.com, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And this year in the minors, he was hitting 290 with eight homers and 28 ribbies, one stolen base as well. He does have the ability to play in the field as well. He has, uh, you know, he could play third base, he could play in the in the infield. So you know, I, I almost wonder if he performs well once all these guys come back. Maybe he works himself around to other places, like a Williams Astudio esque type scenario. So something to pay attention to. He has seven at bats so far. He has two hits. He has one double, and that is with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So if you're playing a two catcher league, we're constantly trying to find help at catcher. I think Will Smith makes a lot of sense. And then another one in Matt Beattie. I agree with Matt. I think this is more of a you know, you're really desperate at corner infield NL only. Uh, 15 team mix if there's no one else out there, but I think the kid's hit tool is pretty legitimate. 308 hitter in the minors uh, doesn't offer that much pop. He has a season of 15 home runs, but uh, he's performed decently as well for the Dodgers. So pay attention to Matt Beatty and Will Smith. I would have to agree though. I like Will Smith a little bit more, Maddie. Yeah, I want to bring up two Miami Marlins guys because I find them really interesting. That's Harold Ramirez and Garrett Cooper. I think the cat's kind of out of the bag here for both of these guys. They, I, I like the hit tools, what I've seen so far from both of them. You look at Harold Ramirez's numbers in the minors. He has hit. Not really much so for power, but he's hit for average. Garrett Cooper, a Nando DeFino favorite, by the way. I mean, <laughs> he loves Garrett Cooper. This is actually a guy who, uh, earlier on in his career, minor league numbers with the Brewers. He does have pop. He has batting average. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Yankees and then ended up getting traded to the Miami Marlins, but... Matt, these are two guys that are playing every single day, and I think that's half the battle when it comes to finding outfielders when you need to start five of them in a 15-team in a mm-hmm. league, too. And Harold Ramirez, specifically, is a guy that's hitting. He's hitting well right now, and, and he's, hat, he's you know towards the top in the middle of the lineup. Do you have any interest in Cooper or Harold Ramirez? Uh, yes, actually, I do. And I think uh, Cooper came over with Caleb Smith from the Yankees for Michael King. That is correct. So that was an interesting little trade there. One that actually worked out for Miami. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, look, yeah, uh, Harold uh, Ramirez. I almost called him Harold Baines for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I had to catch myself. You're 100% right. The kid's hit at every level. He's hitting. uh, The Marlins, you know, this is their time to let these kids play. So you need some average as a fifth outfielder right now. Yeah, he's definitely somebody to consider. I'm sure you got an injury or two on your team anyway. And as far as Cooper goes, I think he has the pop. He's, I don't think he's ever really gotten a fair uh, shake from the Marlins, so hopefully now he does. 
and I'm interested, but like I said, we're talking 15 team and deeper and, you know, specific needs. Yeah, for Harold Ramirez, uh, I mentioned the hit tool, makes a lot of contact at every level. He hit for good batting average at every level. I don't know how much pop this guy is going to give you. He has a <laughs> 73% ground ball rate right now, but he knows how to get the bat on the ball. So, you know, in deeper leagues, he's batting 389 right now. Uh, at AAA this year, he was batting 355. And you just look, you know, uh, 2018 in double A for the Blue Jays, 320 batting average. I mean, the guy just hits, but. I don't know that he's going to give you much outside of batting average. And real quick, Frank, yep. and real quick, you don't have to get married to these guys. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, you can get them on the cheap for a week or so. If they fill that role, you get your guy back. So that's another way. Like Everybody that you pick up isn't a long-term pickup unless you know the guy just happens to pop and you get lucky, which you know, all teams need luck. Absolutely. You know, some teams have had bad luck. My, uh, my great fantasy baseball invitational – uh, well, in hindsight, it just seems like I made some bad picks as well. Jose Ramirez uh, not working out very well, but you know I've had I've had a lot of injuries to my pitching staff in that league. It's a 15 team league, and you know if you lose Paxton Archer, well, you know losing Archer might actually have been beneficial at the time, but you know losing Nathan Eovaldi, those were three of my top four or five starting pitchers that I drafted, and you know it all kind of plummets, and there you go, bad luck, bad injury luck, but. We know James Paxton's always going to kind of be banged up. With that being said, we'll have a couple more ads on the other side. I want to pick Matt Modica's brain about some of these two-start pitchers as well. It's Matt Modica at CTM Baseball. Frank Stanfield, fantasy best friend ever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Watch Sergi Baca and Draymond Green. Sergi Baca can get into a fight with the Pope, bro. Like, he's a nice guy, but he goes from zero to 60 real fast, bro. And I think it's for our advantage and for the Raptors to get the old Draymond back. Hmm. I don't like this new Draymond. I don't want a yeah. calm and composed Draymond. I want a Draymond that's getting technical fouls and getting kicked out of games for fighting. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
Swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you are playing MLB DFS, which you should be tonight on the FanDuel Fantasy BFF contest, and not using DailyRoto.com, you are doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions of in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Matt Modica. Make sure you check out Matt's work over at The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at CTM Baseball. Matt, let's change this up a little bit. Let's go over to some of these two-star pitchers, and then <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll jump back over to some outfielders and some deeper league ads or potential ads later on. Two starts. I, don't, I feel like there's not a ton of two-star pitchers out there, you know, this week. You know, there's obviously a lot of guys that are already owned that have two starts that look really good. But, you know, overall, I'm looking at the two-star market, and it doesn't seem that great to me. One guy that, you know, I've been on this year, I know that you've been on him as well. I saw you tweeting about him earlier on in the day, is Pablo Lopez. And what I find so interesting about Pablo Lopez is, if you look at his game log, it's one really good game, one really bad game. One really good game, one really bad game. Well, next week he has two starts, one at Milwaukee and then Mm -hmm. one against Atlanta, a team that he's actually performed well against so far this season. So I think we might be headed down the same path that has been his season, Matt, where we get one really bad game and one really good game. How do you feel about Pablo Lopez next week? Yeah, look, this is a tough call in weekly leagues where you're going to eat both starts. And... At Milwaukee is kind of terrifying. Look, he's gotten blown up by the mess. He's had a couple of really bad road starts. Yes, he's been, you want to look at it, he's been lucky at home with the depressed Babbitt and the elevated left on base. But the strikeout percentage at home is over 28%. On the road, it's 18%. You know, the skills are very different. But he's like every other young pitcher. This kid's future is extremely bright. And... You know, he's inconsistent right now. He's pitching much better at home. And it's it's going to be tough. In a 15-team league, I think you got to roll him out. I don't think you have better options. You hope against Milwaukee he limits the damage, gets you some strikeouts, and can have a good game against Atlanta, who he's faced three to- uh, twice already this year. On At Atlanta, he didn't perform as, uh, fair as well. Pitched very well at home against them. I think six innings, like one run. Six or seven strikeouts. So I think in a 15-teamer, in a I think you, you got to go that route. In a 12-teamer, if you have a better option, you can uh, opt that way. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. In a 12-teamer, I think you can get away from Pablo Lopez next week. Mm-hmm. If you play in a daily lineup league, I think I would just get him out of that start at Milwaukee and then yes. use him against Atlanta. <laughs> I know a lot of people probably picked him up because he was pitching against the Giants. I know I did in a few 12-team leagues. Picked him up, used him against the Giants this week. So you have him on the roster. You have a decision to make for weekly leagues. Again, in 12-teamers, you'll probably find a better option. But I'm happy you brought up in 15-teamers uh, that you most likely have a be- uh, you might- most likely don't have a better option. I'm going to read you off some names. You know, I play in a, I play in a few 15-team leagues, so how about this, Matty <laughs> Moe? Would, uh, would you use Spencer Turnbull at home against Tampa Bay over Pablo Lopez? Uh, just the one start, right? Just one start. 
Home against Tampa Bay. He's pitched pretty well. I, I, I might go that route. I'm very worried about the Milwaukee start. You know, if it was in Miami, I would say, yeah, you know what? You live once. Keep Lopez in there. But I'm very worried. And, and, and Atlanta has a tough offense. How about Nick Pavetta at home against Cincinnati, Matt? See, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm a Pavetta guy. <laughs> I'm going to go Pavetta here. Because, look, it, we've seen you, Darvish, you know, have a game with zero walks versus Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is going to have swing and miss in their game. Uh, you have to watch out for Dietrich, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm going to play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play Pavetta here. I, I think the best thing that happened to him was that demotion. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. And, you know, a lot of people point to that first start, and it looks like doom and gloom, the first inning. He gives up two home runs, but then settles in. His next four innings ends up with six strikeouts, uh, over five innings pitched. Didn't allow another run after that. He only allowed three hits. He had two walks. I worry about the walks with Pavetta, but yeah, against Cincinnati, I think I could get behind you on that one. Matt, a few other names here that might be available. I'm looking at you know CBS ownership right now. I'm going to read off some of the guys that are 50% owned or less because obviously like Griffin Canning's probably owned already. He's 70% owned. Uh, he's got a two-start next week or at least projected to have one. Uh, so I'm not anything higher than Griffin Canning. I'm not going to mention, but let's go to Corbin Martin, right at Seattle and versus Baltimore. He's got a 6.5 ERA over his last three starts. He hasn't been giving you length. Uh, frankly, he's been underwhelming. I know a lot of people, you know, picked him up as a top pitching prospect. They were expecting to get a lot out of him, and he hasn't gone deeper than five and a third in any of his uh, any of his starts. He hasn't gone more than four innings in each of his last three starts. What are you doing if you own Corbin Martin? Uh, in a 15-teamer, he is going to be in my lineup. I'm hoping he can get some length this week. He's had a couple of starts on his belt. It has not gone according to plan. Uh, I think he's better than what he's shown at Seattle and versus Baltimore. Look, you get the team, con- uh, team context. You possibly get a couple of wins out of this. I don't know if you're going to get the quality starts, though. In a quality start league, that might you know make it a little different here. In a 12-teamer, you're probably going to have a better uh, option to go here. All right, so similar feeling for uh, for Corbin Martin and Pablo Lopez. Probably getting him in there in a 15-teamer or a deeper league, but 12-teamer, you could probably find someone better. Matt, I'll just throw his name out there. I don't know that I need to. He's pitched all right this season. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of his, but Eric Lauer versus Philly versus Washington. And he's, he's, he's home for both, right? Yes. I'm right mine up there. I mean, at home, you know, I think I could take that gamble in a deeper league. I don't know if I'd do that gamble in a, in a, in a 12 team. You know, I'm going to have, I'm going to approach things a lot different between a 12 and a 15. Uh, you know, that, the, I mean, the, the pool of players is just so deeper. You see the, the pitching options you have. So I don't know if I can trust Lauer in a 12. But I can gamble, especially that he's home. And he's coming off, what, a good start against the Yankees. Didn't he pitch well against them? Yes, he did. So, you know what? I'll, I'll gamble on him in, uh, in 15-teamers. Yeah, so I'm looking at his game log, and I didn't realize that, really, there's only one blow-up start that he had at Colorado, and obviously that makes sense where he gave up mm-hmm. eight earned runs, but all of his other starts dating back to April 14th, Eric Lauer has allowed three runs or less. In all those starts, he doesn't go deep. A lot of these are five inning starts, so you keep that in mind for well, quality start leagues. But he's at, he actually hasn't been so bad, man. 
You know, he hasn't been in, like you said, you can excuse the Colorado thing. And that's one of the things I try and, you know, note. I don't play in the quality start league, but it's a lot tougher now to get these pitches. A lot of them go five innings or less. I mean, even a guy like Sonny Gray, I think he has three games where he's completed like six innings. So, you know, a lot of pitchers aren't getting to that threshold you need. I'm not a fan of the quality start, but that's a different story. So I think that's something you must consider with some of these names, especially the borderline ones. Like, why even take the chance if you know you have a good uh, opportunity of not reaching that threshold? I'm going to go off on another little tangent here. This is more so like the philosophy of fantasy baseball. A lot of people have been pushing for quality start over win for, you know, roto leagues or your head-to-head category leagues because they want to take out the luck factor uh, of, of fantasy baseball. Well, this is what fantasy baseball has been for a long time. And I think for a lot of people who want quality start over the win, Matt, this kind of fits in with everything else that, you know, is happening right now where, you no, know, oh, a participation trophy. People don't like something. Oh, well, we have to change the rules. You know, uh, tight end is really bad in fantasy football. Let's eliminate tight end. No, I mean, yeah. this is the way that the game is. I mean, if it were easy, then everyone would do it, right? So it's like, why do we have to change from the win to the quality start just because wins are, you know, uh, there's there's not as much that goes into it. I realize it's more of a it's more of a luck factor thing, but the quality start, the way that baseball is trending right now. You can argue against that, too. I mean, there's so many pitchers that are using the follower now. You can't get a quality start there either. That makes pitchers like Felix uh, Felix Pena obsolete. How about Jalen Beeks, who's been awesome this year for Tampa Bay? Those guys aren't going to give you a quality start because they're not starting the game. But they're, but they're the follower, right? So the way that the game is trending, quality start doesn't even really make all that much sense, Matt. And I, I've never actually asked you about this, but I think now's a good time to, to open up and talk about it because... Everybody wants to change the rules in fantasy leagues because, oh, it's too hard. It's hard to get wins. It's, oh, it's hard to find tight ends in fantasy football. Well, boo-hoo, man. This is, this is the way that the game is played. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off, but as you mentioned, the, the one thing I love that you mentioned was like tight ends in fantasy football. People want to get rid of that. Isn't fantasy football like a little ridiculous enough where everybody's just, you know, Loading up on running backs and wide receivers, drafting quarterbacks in the last round or two. You know, you don't even got to draft the quarterback now to the last couple of rounds. And now you want to eliminate tight ends? That, you know, I don't get it. As far as the quality start gets, look, if it had a different metric to it or something, I'd be in on it. But when at best it's average or most cases below average, how is that? I mean, all the brilliant minds that have you know, come up with these fantastic advanced stats and all this stuff, the, the quality start is pure garbage. You want to argue to win? Yes, I understand that. But I, I like the fact with the win, you can't get a spreadsheet or get an algorithm and get your stats together. It's going to be luck-based, but there's also going to be pitchers that are going to give you better opportunities. The few pitchers that go deeper uh, are going to give you a chance to get a win. So, you know, that makes them more valuable. I, I know a lot of people have moved on. They, they think that's crazy. And I'm not saying the win isn't what it used to be, but it's still a stat in baseball. Baseball is a history-oriented uh, league. And, you know, what are you going to do? You want to do, you know, uh, possible wins per nine and all that stuff? I couldn't think of the out of my head. <laughs> uh, you know, so for me, I like playing in the wins leagues. 
look, if you love quality stocks, I think that's got to change because of the landscape now. But I really don't care what you're playing as long as you play fantasy baseball. Like, I'm not a head-to-head guy. I know some people, a lot of people love it. But pick what you like, play what you like. And for me, you know, I'm totally fine with the, uh, the way it's been. And I don't need to change over that. Yeah, I'm with you, Matty. I'm closer to you there. A few more two-star pitchers I just want to get into here so we can wrap this up. Greg and I randomly started talking ourselves into Dylan Bundy the other day, Matt. And uh, that just sounds like a recipe uh, for uh, disaster. Frankly, when it comes to Dylan Bundy, a guy who you know has given up a lot of home runs, but if you look at his numbers in the month of May, actually, he's got like a sub three ERA. He's actually been pretty good. I know he throws a slider a ton. I don't know. We were talking ourselves into it, but two starts on the road next week. I can't really think of two worst places. Maybe if we get Colorado in here, but at Houston, at Texas, I would assume that you're out on Dylan Bundy. Yeah, last week I put him in my two-star thing because I thought that the Orioles would keep him on track for that five days and rather go with him on Sunday. And a guy like David Hess, they could push back a day or two. That really didn't matter. And now this week, uh, it was probably the first time I recommended an Orioles pitcher all year. Even though, you know, they have, you know, Cashner's pitch better. Means just had a couple of, you know, good starts here and there. But this week, I am out on Dylan Bundy. There's no way I'm taking a shot at Houston and at Texas. That, as a, this is a perfect phrase for it, that's a two-step to avoid. <laughs> two-step to avoid there for Dylan Bundy, Texas says Matt Modica. I mean, it's just a really, really tough spots to pitch in there. Uh, Matt, is there anyone that I haven't mentioned that you uh, plan to highlight in your uh, piece about two-star pitchers or uh, – I know you said you haven't wrote it yet, but uh, is there anyone that I've missed yet that, that you're interested in or uh, you want to move on to something else? Uh, yeah, top of my head, I've started on a couple of names. I, I put the outline, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. So we'll have to, you know. I, I'll say who's an interesting one here that you have on the list is Jake Junis. Because mm-hmm. I really want that White Sox start, you know. But he's, he's home for both. But having to face Boston, uh, for the first tangle, that, that's a that's a tough ask, especially with his homer-prone uh, nature. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Jake Junis, you know, someone that I was looking into earlier on in the season, seemed like he was pitching better than his surface numbers actually said. Uh, but, yeah, one start against Boston, one start against uh, the Chicago White Sox. Both starts are at home in Kauffman where, you know, it's more geared towards pitching there. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of like Pablo Lopez, that you like one of the starts, you really don't like the other one. So uh, I'm probably in a void here for Jake Junis, even in deeper leagues. But um, I-, I think he's a better pitcher than what he's shown so far this season, yeah. Matt. And, you know, earlier in hour one, uh, Craig and I were talking about some of these um, prospect pitchers. And I just wanted to get your thoughts here. I'm going to throw five names in a bag. I'm going to throw this bag at you, and you're going to let me know how you would rank these guys. Alex Reyes. Mitch Keller, uh, John Duplantier, who's actually making his uh, first start of his career tonight and actually has some pretty interesting minor league numbers. Uh, And then I'll throw Genesis Cabrera at you, someone that Craig actually said that he has seen in in the past and uh, actually has some uh, intrigue. He came over in the the Tommy Tommy Pham trade. And then we got some breaking news just before uh, the start of the second hour that the Angels are calling up Jose Suarez to make his MLB debut, and he's like their fifth-ranked prospect in the organization and has some strikeout upside. So I'll throw all those names in a bag. How would you rank those guys? 
Oh, the guy I was, I, you know, I was trying to get on the cheap this past weekend in Fab. Anywhere they would allow me is Alex Reyes. I just think the, I don't know what's going to happen. I got to think he has a better shot of being a starter now going forward. You know, he punched the wall. That was his, you know, that was an asinine move. But the potential is just too good. You know, the Cardinals. So uh, Reyes would be my number one. I like Mitch Keller. Uh, I think what the kid showed, he got lit up early. Yeah, I got to think the nerves played a, played a part in that. But, I mean, he really settled down, as I mentioned, striking out six of the last 11 batters. We'll get another look at him this weekend. So if he sticks in that rotation, it's PNC Park. I like that as well. I know it's Suarez, who, who the news just broke on. He's not a guy that's really gone long in games and uh, or pitched. You know, the, the pitch count has been uh, limited. But he's another guy that, like a, a Felix Pena, who's Pena's done great in those seven, you know, the last seven games when he's been moved out of the starting role and become the follower. He, you know, he's striking out more than a batter per inning. The walks have been down. He's got a three-year right. Uh, I am curious to watch uh, Duplantier. I think he's got. He's a very intriguing guy, and he may actually have the most secure role. So I like them all. Obviously, for me, Reyes is number one. But you're swinging for the fence on that one. You're trying to hit the home run. Uh, and- he is Matt Modica. Matt, I've got to cut you off there. We've got to end the show here. But that's Matt Modica. Follow him on Twitter at TTM Baseball. Thanks for coming on. Fantasy BFFs will be back on Monday, we hope. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, so bad. <laughs>